Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, everybody, and welcome to this edition of Talking in Circles. I'm Clayton Caldwell. I'm going to do something this week. It's going to be a list. I'm going to try and do these periodically throughout the year and give really an opinion of what I think about a certain list in NASCAR. For example, this week, I'm going to go back to the, the decade of the 2010s and discuss the 10 best drivers of the 2010s. Now, let me discuss the format here before we break down and, and give who we're going to give the top 10 to, who goes in what order, and who gets a couple honorable mentions, which is what I'm going to mention here uh, first as the honorable mentions. But first of all, I, I value consistent dominance. So if you hear this list, and you see this list, and you go, Clayton, that's crazy. What I value is championships and wins. Everything else is pretty much second to me. So if you got a lot of wins and you got a lot of championships and you did it consistently throughout the 2010s, it's very likely that your driver is going to be in the top 10, or at least mentioned in my list. There's going to be some big names missing. I toyed with names like Kurt Busch. I toyed with names like Clint Boyer. I toyed with names like Dale Earnhardt Jr. Some of those guys are mentioned. Some of those guys aren't mentioned. It's because they just weren't consistently dominant in the 2010s. It's going to be a lot of fun. I can't wait. Let's get started here on the list. First, for the honorable mentions. I'm going to give two honorable mentions. The first honorable mention is the guy I left off the list first. The second one is the guy I left off the list second. The first one I left off the list is Tony Stewart. And you look at his decade, he had 226 starts in a decade, had 12 wins, 43 top fives, 78 top tens, and finished in the top 10 in points, three out of seven possible seasons. His first three seasons of the decade, 2010, 2011, and 2012, were incredible. He won a 2011 championship. He was great. But the last four of that decade for him were absolutely miserable. He had a broken leg. We all remember the Kevin Ward situation. And then he had a broken back in his final year, if you remember. He missed a lot of races to start that year as well. And that really kept him off the list. His inconsistency at the end of his career and his injuries and the situations that came up that forced him to miss races That's what really kept Tony Stewart off this list. I know people are going to say, oh, come on, it's smoke. He's got that championship. Listen, the last three or four years of his career, he's lucky he's even mentioned in this, which how bad that was. I think he finished 28th in points one year. It was a disaster for him. But, you know, I'll give him an honorable mention in that I toyed with him and he came very close to making a top 10. But the reason why he didn't was because of, of the last four years of his career. Another guy I was toying with that doesn't make the top 10 is Kurt Busch. I know I mentioned him earlier. Kurt's longevity helps him here a little bit, I believe. He ran every single year in the the decade, but there's some things that hurt him. He started the decade, if you remember, in 2010 and 2011 at Team Penske. And then he had that big issue where he got into an argument with Jerry Punch. Some not nice things were said. He ended up fired from that ride, had to really restart his career at Furnace Row Racing, and then also went to uh, Phoenix Racing. Actually, restarted at Phoenix Racing first, then went to Furniture Row. And he really didn't get into a good ride until about 2014 at Stuart Haas Racing. And I'll be honest, I thought his tenure at Stuart Haas was a little bit disappointing. I understand there wasn't a ton of funding there, and a lot of that was, was out of Gene Haas's pocket. But at the end of the day, I think it hurt him. 
He only won 11 races in the decade, had 72 top fives and 162 top tens, uh, and finished in the top 10 four out of 10 times. So while you look at it and you say 11 wins is good in 10 years, and it is, especially for a guy who ran at Phoenix Racing and Furniture Row, which Furniture Row before they were with Gibbs was a different Furniture Row Racing. They had an alliance with Richard Childress when Kurt was there, but still, um, it was a lot different team. 11 wins is good, but to me, it all factors in. And, you know, he got suspended a couple of times. Remember, he, he uh, I believe it was Bob Pockers on Pit Road. He, he said something to him on Pit Road. He also had the deal where he got accused of um, domestic violence and NASCAR suspended him for a couple of weeks in the 2015 season, I believe that was. So that really hurt Kurt a lot. And I think it really just kind of hurt the momentum that he was building. And I think that's why he is off the list. Okay, now we start the list. Who is number 10? Interesting, when you talk about 10, this guy had 224 starts in the decade, 11 wins, 62 top fives, 116 top tens, and he finished in the top 10 in all six of the years he was eligible. That's why he gets a nod to me over Tony Stewart. I know he has pretty much the same amount of wins and he didn't get the championship, but he was a lot more consistent and he didn't have the drop-off Tony Stewart had at the back end of his career, and that's Jeff Gordon. Jeff was very, very good. Third in points in 2015. That was his last full-time year. If you remember, he came back Ran eight races in 2016, substituting for Dale Earnhardt Jr. That, to me, is kind of thrown out. He wasn't really, his heart wasn't really into it. He was out of the car. He sort of did that as a favor, I think, to the sponsors and to Rick Hendrick. So I don't really count that in my brain. Uh, But Jeff Gordon had a really solid decade. This is a guy, that's what makes him so great is his career. He was probably in the top two or three in the 2000s. And in the 90s, he was probably the top driver. And, you know, here he is in the top 10 here. In a decade, he only ran uh, six years in. So he deserves to be there. He wasn't as dominant as he was in the 90s and 2000s, but he was still very, very solid. That's why Jeff Gordon is 10th. Moving along, Carl Edwards is 9th. I know that might surprise some people, considering that Carl, after seven years in a decade, decided to pull an early retirement. He might be a little bit higher had he not just been at Roush and had some inconsistencies. Carl had kind of an odd career. There was times where Carl won a lot of races in his career and didn't perform so well in the points. And then there was a, a times where he performed really well in the points and didn't win a lot of races. Obviously, that second place run in 2011 held a lot of value to me. He lost by, if you remember, they were tied in the points, him and Tony Stewart in 2011. And he lost because of the amount of wins he had. So a tough year for him there in 2011. He was there through a little bit of a downtime there at Roush Fenway. I think that hurt him in this case. He didn't get as many wins as he needed to. 12 wins in a decade, 63 top fives, and 252 starts. Finished in the top 10 in points five out of seven times. But when he got to Joe Gibbs, he was good, but he wasn't great. I think we were waiting to see him sort of propel to the next level at Joe Gibbs Racing. And for whatever reason, we can speculate all we want about why Carl Edwards decided to retire, but he did, and he is number nine on the 2010 drivers list. Number eight on the list is Joey Logano. 360 starts, he had 23 wins. That's a lot of wins compared to the guys we were just talking about. 113 top fives, 193 top tens. He finished in the top 10 at points seven out of 10 times. Uh, He's also the 2018 championship, but his first two years at Gibbs to me hurt him here. He wasn't good at Joe Gibbs Racing, When he got to Team Penske, he really excelled. So he only had really eight years of being an absolute dominant race car driver. And to me, he was just, he was good. He just wasn't as good as he could be. Now, coming into this next decade in the 20s, I think Joey Logano has a chance to be in the top five, if not top three, 
That's how good he is. I think he's a very underrated race car driver. Not a lot of people like him on the track. Kyle Busch has made that very, very clear here over the last couple of weeks. A lot of drivers have a problem with Joey Logano, but you can't deny his stats. He's a tremendous race car driver. He's eighth on this list. Number seven on the list is Matt Kenseth. When you look at what Matt did in his run at Joe Gibbs Racing, he won 21 races and 301 starts. That's a winning percentage of 6.9.6 percentage, really a half a percentage over Joey Logano, which you could say, well, Logano's got the championship. Matt was just a model of consistency. Seven out of the eight years he ran full-time in the 2010s, he finished in the top 10 in points. He was great. I mean, people forget just how good he was in that 20 car. Uh, the expectations for that 20 car is part of the reason why Eric Jones is losing his ride this year. It's because Matt Kenseth had that 20 car. Great. He won 21 races in about seven or eight years there for Joe Gibbs Racing. He was tremendous. Tremendous. And, you know, he had a Daytona 500. He also started the decade over at Roush. It was a an interesting time for Matt Kenseth. I give him all the credit in the world. Listen, the guy was great. And people forget that. And I know you might sit there and have a problem with him over Joe Logano, but I don't. I think Matt Kenseth... And he had that little issue with Logano, so it's kind of coincidence that we're sort of comparing him here. But Kenseth was so good at his time at Joe Gibbs Racing, and it ended for him, I think, abruptly. I think he kind of got forced out the door there to get a younger guy in a Toyota. Matt Kenseth is seventh on the list. Sixth on the list is Denny Hamlin. Now, I know there's going to be one person who I showed my list to before who said to me, Denny Hamlin is way too low. 29 wins and 355 starts for him in a decade. Sure, that might be a little low to put him at sixth. But the guy is a great race car driver. There's no question about that. But his inability to win a championship, his inability to put together back-to-back dominant seasons, this is really the first time we've seen him in his career in 2019 and 2020 where he's put together back-to-back solid seasons. He's He just seems like he'll have one good year and one bad year or a, a good year and then two bad years. It just seems like he can't find that consistency. In that decade, he just was kind of up and down. And that hurt Denny Hamlin here, in my opinion. He wasn't as dominant as the others that are ahead of him in this list, but he was solid. So he's sixth on this list, but he's sixth because he wasn't as dominant as the other guys. And and I'll explain that when I get a little bit later, get a little bit later into my list, just to show you the dominance. The next guy, I think a lot of people might have a problem with Denny Hamlin being behind. But he was just so dominant that I had to put him fifth. Fifth on my list is Martin Truex Jr. And I know people are going to say, come on, Clayton. He started the decade off in Michael Waltrip racing stuff, and he was awful. There's no question. The first half of that decade for Martin Truex Jr. hurts him a lot. And it's, to me, the reason why he's not even in the top three. But what he did to cap off the decade when he got to Furniture Racing, won the championship in 2017. You know, we used to talk about when they went to a mile and a half tracks, that that 78 car, when he was at Furniture Row, okay, who's going to finish second? Because we knew he was going to be up in the front, or at least in the top two or three. He dominated races. That kind of dominance was almost hard to believe in a sport that tries to make everything so even. And he went out there, and on a mile and a half tracks, which was our bread and butter, and he went out and completely dominated races on a mile and a half tracks. Him and Cole Pern were great. That's why Martin Truex Jr. is fifth. And people are going to say, oh, that's high because he started the decade off so poorly. There's no question he started the decade off poorly. But he has 25 wins and 360 starts. And 24 of them came 
in a four-year period. That is unbelievable. Martin Truex Jr., in my opinion, because of the dominance he showed, fifth on the list. Fourth on the list is Brad Keselowski. When he started this decade in 2010, he drove the 12 car for Team Penske. And if you told people at that time, hey, Brad Keselowski is going to end up this decade as the fourth best driver of the decade, I think we would have laughed at you. I think we would have said, heck, yeah, right. Listen, he went out and not only did he win a championship in 2012, but he just had a solid, solid decade. The only thing that's keeping Brad Keselowski to me from being higher on this list is just his inability to perform in the playoffs. We talked about that at nauseum last year. It just seemed like when his two team got to the playoffs, weird things happened. It cost Paul Wolf his job, in my opinion. That's why he's got a new crew chief this year in Jeremy Bolins. But Kozlowski had 29 wins. That's a winning percentage of 8% over 360 starts, 114 top fives, 182 top tens. Finished in the top 10 in points, 7 out of 10 years of the decade. He belongs in the top five. The only reason why he's not ahead of Jimmy Johnson and the other guys on this list is, like I said, he hasn't performed in the playoffs when the money was on the line. So Brad Kozlowski... Slots in fourth. Third on my list is Jimmy Johnson. And I can hear people saying already, Jimmy is too high on your list. The last three years of that decade, he was awful. And there's no question, the 48 team took a nosedive the last three years of the decade. But when that decade started, he was coming off. 2010 was his year that he won the fifth consecutive championship. And people just forget how good he was up until 2016. So for seven years of the decade... Jimmy Johnson was the dominant, most dominant race car driver. How can you not put him in, in the top three in that case? When he takes seven years and he's the most dominant driver in the sport for that decade, you have to put him in the top three. You have to. Three championships, that to me holds a lot of value. 2010, 2013, and 2016, he was great. No doubt, the back end of the decade, I think it hurts him from being in the top two, comparing to Harvick and who I'm going to have at number one. But Jimmy Johnson... Third on my list. Second on my list is Kevin Harvick. Listen, what can you say about Kevin Harvick? People, again, this is a, it just shows you how long a decade is and what changes. He started the decade off as a member of Richard Childress Racing. He got to Stuart Hosto and just took off. 38 wins in a decade and 360 starts. He's a 2014 Cup champion. The only thing that's preventing him from being number one, in my opinion, is the fact that he was only won one championship. I value championships a lot, and no people are going to say, well, with the playoff format, anything can happen for sure. This team, I think the four team, has been the most consistent team in NASCAR for five years. But you still have to put and perform when the money is on the line, when the championship on the line. And Harvick's done it once in his career. That's it. He's probably going to do it again before he retires, but he only did it once in the decade. And to me, that is what is preventing him from being number one. That, and he started the decade off at Richard Childress Racing, which hurt his numbers just a tiny bit compared to our number one driver on this list. And that is why Kevin Harvick slots in at number two. Number one on my list, you guessed it, Kyle Busch. Who else could it be? 348 starts. He had 40 wins in the decade. 40. 11.5 winning percentage. 144 top five finishes. 188 top tens. He was 8 for 10 finishing in the top 10 he was sort of in the same boat as Harvick early on in the decade. When is Kyle Busch going to win the championship? Broke his leg in 2015. That hurt his numbers a little bit as well. He would have more wins most likely if he didn't miss the first 11 races of 2015. But went out, got a waiver from NASCAR, 
went out, won the championship, and did it in pretty dominant fashion there in the back end of 2015. 2019, he won it again. Again, I value you and your team performing when the money is on the line. 40 wins. I mean, what else can you say about him? He was, to me, the best driver of the 2010s. What else can you say about him? He's been great. He's been the lead dog at Joe Gibbs Racing. He's probably going to be the lead dog at Joe Gibbs Racing for the next 10 years. So Kyle Busch is the number one driver of the 2010s. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.